0: Welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. And hopefully things are going well today for you. you probably, most people are probably getting ready um, for harvest. Not quite yet. It's still August, but getting ready, working on the combine, working on different equipment, maybe some grain carts and some support vehicles and uh, grain trucks and what have you or whatever you use uh, to tow the grain carts and that'll be coming up shortly but you got a big farm show season ahead of you uh, and I'm jealous well as a Christian I'm not supposed to be jealous so I guess I'll say I'm envious as a uh, as a vegetable person as a sweet corn grower and fresh market sweet corn that I always end up missing all of these shows like Farm Progress and I think Nebraska Husker Days and a number of other great events even over here in Pennsylvania well not over here I'm in New Jersey but probably about four hours away in Pennsylvania by Penn State I can never remember the the name of that event but it's supposed it's a, supposed to be a pretty good event and it's usually around just the time that our sweet corn comes due so when I am winding down and done and have my cover crop in and you guys are just starting to pick up and all of the farm shows and everything are over so c'est la vie like the french said right what are you going to do that is the plight of a fresh market sweet corn grower in new jersey and if i were a sweet corn grower but for a processing plant i would not have that issue right because it'd be all in and all out get it all done get it to the processing plant but fresh market is a little bit of a different animal so hopefully god willing you're planning to uh go to some shows and enjoy things now that the travel restrictions are gone and you could do in person and that is great so i um, i am i'm happy happy for you it's raining here today on Cat Swamp Road. It is, I guess. I don't want to say the remnants. I guess it's the the northern far tier of this um, tropical storm Henri. When I was a kid, they named all the trop- tropical storms after females, after women. But I guess they changed that a couple of years ago. So I think this is Henri, with Henry in French. But we are being blessed because we're getting rain no winds it's not even terrible rain it's actually quite a nice steady rain and even though i'm not i'm not going to say we didn't need it uh i'm not going to say that we needed it we could use it <clears throat> if that makes sense so uh we are not in the field harvesting today because of the rain and possibly tomorrow also so it is uh, it is a little bit of a break <clears throat> from our harvest and uh like i guess it's a yeah, i don't want to say it's a welcome break but uh, well you know like then again you know sweet corn like any vegetable when you got to go you got to go with it and uh, you know a day or two especially if the temperatures are warm and some rain sometimes mean you end up leaving more crop in the field than you wanted to because you uh have it gets overly ripe so uh it's like anything in life you trade one set of problems for another but i'm hearing some crickets and i think i may have told you last week that my cat donald has uh he has moss mastered, mas- mastered mastered the art he's he's really a nice little guy he's he's mastered the art of catching things and doing his best to not injure them or hurt them and then what he does is he brings them in the house and i don't know if i told you last week but we all of a sudden have crickets down in my office which is in the basement i have all the lights on and i can still hear them through the headset I have all the lights on i don't know where they are but we never had crickets before and uh, he brought a cicada in the other day i heard him clicking bringing the cicada and thank god i was able to get that away from him and then my wife found a snake the other day so uh, we have that and he brought a snake in the house so i got rid of that it was a it was a young uh, i don't want to say a baby it was a young maybe teenager snake <laughs> equivalent of a teenager black snake with orange band around by his neck we usually have orange or yellow band black snakes here and i think another color eh, orange or yellow what else would you see on black right I, I don't think white maybe there is a white one but i don't know <clears throat> so i was able to get him in a cup and get him outside and put him in it in the status in the stone at the stone wall uh we have field stone walls on the farm from years ago when they were built and i said to him that's a good place for you to be so if you hear some crickets i hear him in my headset uh what more can i say but uh, we'll have to talk to donald about that and why he brings him in there but um uh, anyway i want to give some uh, well first of all uh last week that we lost the power here for 17 hours we had a bad storm come through and uh we lost the power i don't know whether a transformer blew up or what have you but the whole well all of our town lost the power i guess parts of it was restored relatively quickly and other parts were not uh we were out for about 17 hours so i had to run the backup generator and then i guess before the power went out it must have surged so maybe like a tree came down and uh and surged the line because we ended up blowing out our microwave and, or it ended up blowing out our microwave and it ended up uh taking out my modem for my internet service here so um i when i put the generator on the microwave would pop the gfi immediately and the modem was dead so i said all right well maybe it's because the uh, the power's out and they have some kind of box or something down at the end of the road the internet we use optimum i don't know if that's in other parts of the country it's our only choice over here on cat swamp road is optimum and we use that and um so i thought i said that well whatever i said that must be what it is and then i found out when the power came back on 17 hours later that it was blown so i had to call optimum and they came and they Replaced it, but the point why I'm telling you all of this is that the repair man was very, very nice, very professional, and his name is Jerry Holman, H-O-L-E-M-A-N Holman, and he's a fellow podcaster. And what he does is that, but he's a football guy. So if anybody is a football guy out there, and he is, I get, I would assume from his podcast they listen to, I listen to part of it. Uh, it's very well done, very professional and it is called the pulse of the cowboys podcast so i guess he must be a dallas cowboys fan i'm not a football fan uh but i know a lot of listeners are so you may want to check that out i believe it's on all podcast networks and if you look it up it's called the pulse of the cowboys podcast and uh, it was very very well done so kudos to you jerry and uh, hopefully god willing your podcast is very very successful but I also want to give some shout outs because I got some more pins in my map. I actually got three more pins in my map. And the first pin goes to, to Mr. Joseph Fravel, F-R-A-V-E-L, Fravel or Fravel. If I, if I kill your name, please forgive me. Sometimes it's hard to, um, to know whether, you know, where to put the emphasis on which syllable. So I'm going to think it's Fravel so mr joseph fravel and he is listening from new albany ohio so thank you very much uh, mr fravel there is a pin in approximately the new albany area in my map with your name on it so thank you so much and thank you for listening and i do not know whether he listens on the podcast or on the sm Sirius xm radio show on rural radio channel 147 or both and i know a lot of you listen on both and i greatly greatly appreciate that i greatly appreciate that but we have two more pins to give and they're both going to virginia and the first pin goes to mr dieter henshell and he's a retired dairy farmer mr henshell dieter and he's a retired dairyman and he's but he still is making hay he's still bailing hay and making hay you know you could you never really retire as a farmer and mr henshell kind of proves that so i believe he's in his early 80s and he uh i think 81 years old and he's uh, retired to making hay right so he's making hay and and that's in scottsville scottsville virginia and then his son also listens and that's eric henshell and he lives about an hour south of uh, or north of uh of uh his father if i have that correct but anyway he lives in the town of crozet CROZET, virginia and he listens in crozet virginia and he is in the business of having uh he's in the egg production business so he has layers for eggs he has so he's direct market for layers for eggs feeder pigs and he also raises figs and i want to make sure i have his letter right here because i uh i never knew anybody who raised figs in my life so um so that is uh, yeah, figs f-i-g-s and he does direct consumer sales and that's very interesting and you are the first fig farmer that i know of uh eric so he is over in Co- crozet virginia so all you have to do is just send me an email at hot rod farmer at and tell me your name you could give me a little bit of information about your operation if you like or you could just tell me your name and where you're from and i will be Honored to put a pin in the map with your name on it and with a approximate location. So that is where we are at with that. Now, uh, that is basically it. Where Mister, uh, we're still involved with harvest. We're going from the one field uh, to the second field, which is a larger field. There's five plantings there. And hopefully, God willing, on the next day or two, we'll be in there picking. And I have to honestly say that that field looks gorgeous. The other field looked gorgeous also, but as I said before, got hit with a lot of a lot of um, obstacles as far as wildlife is concerned. And the, the perimeter is shaded, Where the other field is much better as far as that is concerned. More productive field and i have to look to get some of those trees topped or cut down it's uh it's hard when you're basically farming by yourself and it's one of those things in life that um you know we never should have retrospectively but we all make that mistake in life and, and our farms but in every aspect of life is we never should have let those trees get so big and um they passed you know a couple of years they really really took off and they're huge and now they're going to be an obstacle to get that shadow away from that field and and ultimately the field keeps losing production because of that and it looks beautiful in the vegetative stage but when it comes into the reproductive stage it makes a very small unmarketable ear. so I got to try to do something with that then try to balance that out but I mean I look back at old pictures from 35-40 years ago and which doesn't seem that long to me but it is long and I saw how the fields become encroached and it sneaks up on you like gray hair so that was a mistake that that my dad made and there was oh we'll, we'll cut it next year we'll cut it next year we'll cut it next year and before you know it it looks like a sequoia tree and uh not that not good so I have to decide to do something with it I would actually like to make some sort of sort of arrangements with a logger and uh and let him come in and take those out and even if I got nothing for the wood then at least it didn't cost me anything to uh, to get rid of them and open up that field, the sun to that field. So we'll see. Hopefully I could, God willing, do something with that. But the caveat is going to be is that he can't ride on my field. And I don't want some logging equipment riding on my soil that I worked so hard to fix and get correct and then have it all compacted. So, well, we'll see what happens. But that is it. And that's not the topic of today's show, my trees growing around the perimeter of my one field what we are going to discuss today is uh then again I'll say it's a slightly obscure topic it's obscure in the sense that you wouldn't think that a show called farm machinery digest i mean idle chatter right farm farm machinery digest would be uh talking about but what I want to I want to explain and discuss briefly and uh mixture motion in a cylinder and a lot of people don't understand that and it i'll say it's an fyi to a certain extent um it's but it is a um but it's something that you know a, a, a lot of things that i discuss over here are to are to educate you so you have a so you have so you're in 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 unison and understanding with things that are going on in engines and this is one of those aspects and it's mixture motion in a cylinder and it's it's an area that i really enjoy so hopefully you enjoy it also right as the host i I, i'm you try not to push things that you enjoy because then your audience just clicks off you can say you enjoy that but i don't enjoy that so um but i think it's important for you to have a basic a cursory understanding of it and uh, is it going to help you fix something no but it may help you understand why something is happening and oftentimes understanding leads to fixing something or taking better care of something or just you know, higher efficiencies with your equipment so that is what we're going to discuss and then also i have a letter here that's going to be in the special delivery section and it just happens to be from eric henschel also and he's the uh, the son of dieter in crozet virginia and it's about a uh a old ford 600 tractor that he has so i am going to discuss that and he's getting gasoline in the oil and uh we'll go from there and that'll be our special delivery and of course we're going to have a toolbox test from tex rubinowitz and we will then close up the show for the week all righty so without any further ado got a lot to cover here we're 15 minutes into the show is that i want to start to introduce the topic of mixture motion to you now anybody <clears throat> that has a sprayer for your farm knows the value of having constant agitation i mean years ago we had an old pull behind john deere sprayer that my dad board used and um, it did not have constant agitation and it was a nightmare because the the products would all separate and plug the tips on the sprayer boom and what have you so it was all uh it was all you know, not good, and so we know we are well aware that we need to have constant agitation in a sprayer, and that constant agitation keeps everything in solution and doesn't let it separate. And because usually in a sprayer you have there well, at least one 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 item or one com- chemical in there with water, but oftentimes you have tank mix partners. So that is so that constant agitation is almost akin to what's happening inside a cylinder now we have to back up and look at it now the the term charge identifies the air and fuel mix together and charge is going to be whether it's a gasoline or diesel engine it's still going to be charged and everything we're going to be discussing today is going to be applicable to gasoline or diesel but it probably is a little bit more advanced on the gasoline side than the diesel side but the diesel is starting to catch up to it so and what that is is the understanding or the benefits of charge motion now there are two types there are two types of motion and what we mean by motion is how it well the motion is the movement obviously of the charge which is the air and fuel mixed together or in a diesel engine would be air until of course the fuel is administered right there and a the gasoline direct injection is the same thing the fuel is administered into the cylinder so it's going to be the the movement or the lack of movement or the, and so it's going to be the movement and the direction of the movement and or the lack of movement as the as the charge enters the cylinder and is in the cylinder bar now we have to keep in mind that on any engine the charge enters the cylinder on the pressure differential created between the low pressure region in the cylinder bar which is which is the result of the piston moving downward and the the uh, the ceiling effect of the piston rings and then the atmospheric pressure and if you have some sort of forced induction turbocharger or supercharger and most of the times on the farm community you'll be dealing with turbochargers not superchargers is that you'll have that you'll have that additional pressure above atmospheric so it's still a pressure differential that's filling the cylinder with it just the uh, mother nature with the pressure differential from atmospheric pressure to the low pressure region in the bore uh created, as i said by the piston moving with the rings sealing it or the atmospheric pressure and then having an additional fan which is a turbocharger supercharger boosting that over so we actually use the term boost right but that's the boost is above atmospheric pressure so if you have so if you have 15 pounds of boost that's 15 pounds above atmospheric pressure that would have been entering the bore if you took that turbocharger and threw it away all right so that is what why it's boosted it's boosted over atmospheric pressure that's where we get the term boost from so it's boosting it up. It's raising up, in essence. It's tricking the engine into thinking that there's more atmospheric pressure than there is. So, what can happen is that the air, we'll say air or charge. I'll use them. In, in, I'll use them. Uh, uh, I'll use them synonymously in this discussion today. The air enters the cylinder through the intake port, and then the intake valve, uh, intake port of the cylinder had comes to an intake manifold throttle body carburetor whatever it makes no difference so we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about the cylinder head from the cylinder head in, into the cylinder so it's going to be from the head into the cylinder we're not going to discuss the intake manifold so the the charge enters through through the intake port and then the valve itself (coughs) excuse me is the gate right when the valve is open the air starts to come into the cylinder when the valve is closed the air doesn't doesn't go into the cylinder so that is the intake port now what's going to happen is that it's well established just like you need agitation in a sprayer tank to keep everything in solution and not separate it out is that an engine runs the best when there is a high level of of what we would call mixture motion coming into the cylinder and this mixture motion is going to to serve to keep everything i'll say in solution all right so the fuel and air doesn't drop out but without getting too mired in the science of it is that a rule of thumb is that the higher the level of mixture motion that there is so the more mixture motion that the quicker the burn rate will happen inside the cylinder so what's happening to that charge that charge prior to entering the cylinder and how it enters the cylinder is paramount to how quickly that mixture burns and so that flame propagates across the board and this is with gasoline or diesel the only difference is with gasoline the flame is initiated by the arcing of the spark plug whereas with a diesel engine that the that the combustion the flame is initiated by the fuel being sprayed into the hot air that is that is um raised in temperature by the compression of the molecules of the air as the piston sweeps towards top uh, towards top dead center so, but ultimately, what's going to happen is that it's going to affect the burn speed, and burn speed inside a cylinder is registered in meters per second. So, that's like, so that's the speed, like you'd say, on a sprayer, gallons, gallons per acre, so it's meters per second. So, the ideal is to have a very fast burn speed, and both gasoline and diesel. Why you want a very fast burn speed, and specifically on a spark ignition, a gasoline engine, is that i always make the analogy and they have made it before on this show it's the turtle crossing the road versus the rabbit crossing the road is that when you have a very high burn speed then there's less chance of something going wrong and that something going wrong is an abnormal combustion event you only want one combustion event you want the event that is initiated by the arcing of the spark plug you don't want multiple events happening inside the cylinder so so the higher the burn speed the quicker the burn would be so that's the rabbit going across the road and that this engine is going to build peak cylinder pressure in less degrees of the crankshaft rotation as it starts does the piston starts to go down so if it if you have if you build peak cylinder pressure sooner you're using more of that chemical energy to expand against the piston if you if you wait too long because it burns very slowly, the piston already has inertia, and it's not and the flame is not going to be expanding against it for the full stroke. It would be only for partial stroke. It'd be like taking a ratchet, and then just going one click at a time to take a bolt out instead of full deflections. So you want full deflection. You want full range of travel, and in an engine that would be the stroke of the engine, the distance the piston travels. So you want the flame to expand against that piston for as, as long as in crankshaft rotation degrees that that stroke will allow so you want to have that timed perfectly or i shouldn't say perfectly you want to have a time so it's the most efficient is a much better way for me to say it so now what has happened is that there's 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 three types of mixture motion that could be defined and excuse me one is called swirl one is called tumble and the other one is called turbulence which i also call chaotic so i i, I call it when i teach it i call it chaotic so now the, just like if you were to take let's say if you were to plant um a crop and i'm, I'm not going to use corn as a crop but let's say you would plant sunflowers because I know you can lay sunflowers. Well, let's not even say sunflowers. Let's say a cover crop. So like I I have my cover crop seed ordered. It's already in, and it's triticale, it's crimson clover, and daikon tillage radish. So I broadcast spread my cover crop. So I spin it on. I don't have a drill to plant that I wish I did, but I I can't justify a drill to plant to use one day a year. So for a couple hours. So the thing basically is that I spin on my cover crop. Now spinning on my cover crop Uh, uh, affords me some exposure that a person with a drill would not have and the thing is that's laying on top of the ground so i have the possibility of having a lot of birds hit eat the cover crop and i also don't have as great a germination rate and i'm very dependent upon having some moisture some rain after i spin that onto the ground instead of being in the ground so i could have a very you could have a lot of topsoil moisture but if it's laying on top of the ground the seed doesn't germinate all right and then if you were to drill it in then you'd be, be in with the moisture and the seed would germinate quicker so the thing is that i've had days years where i planted the cover crop that afternoon it rained when i got done it rained that evening got a nice steady steady rain for a day or two just a heavy drizzle and mist, and that's all i needed to get that cover crop up and i look like a hero I had other times where I spun it on, and it laid there for three or four weeks, and nothing happened other than the birds eating it. I'd ride by, I'd see all blackbirds and everything in the field. Oh my God, you know it's so much per pound. Some, some, and the birds are eating it right. They're eating eating gourmet cover crop seed. So that that is in essence that is in essence what happened. So now using that analogy to talk about the way that charge the air or air and fuel enters the cylinder is that the spinning on the cover crop is what i would call chaotic so chaotic filling of a cylinder with charge because when you spin on the cover crop so let's say arguably i have your know, pto shaft and let's say arguably i don't have that left completely level and because it's a you know a universal joint a crossbar joint what will happen is if you don't have the shaft very level then it'll actually start to swing in the in, in the ellipse and then when, it, when the ellipse is very bad with any PTO, that's when you get the vibration and the knocking. So, if I don't have it perfectly level, it may be swimming, swimming, swinging in a slight ellipse. And if it swings in a slight ellipse, then what's going to happen is that my broadcast spreader, my spinner, is going to accelerate and deaccelerate, right? I mean, I may not know it. You try to listen for it, right? And you try to make the shaft as, as straight as possible. But if it has any bit of an ellipse or that universal joint is worn slightly, then I'm going to have that spinner accelerate and deaccelerate even if it's a slight amount. So the, so anytime you have a universal joint and it, and it, it is not straight, it's going to swing in and it's going to spin in the ellipse. And it's going to accelerate and deaccelerate. So keeping that in mind is that let's say I have have an ellipse, a slight ellipse in the rotation of my drive, my PTO shaft on my spinner, is that there's certain areas of the field that, albeit, going to get a little bit more seed, and other areas are going to get a little bit less seed because as it accelerates, it's going to throw the seed further and pick up more. As it deaccelerates, it's going to not throw it as far and pick up less. And then when I turn on the headlands. All right. If I don't kick it off, then I'm going to also have an area because it's an arc that's going to get more seed. Another other areas going to get less seed. So ultimately, in essence, is that when my cover crop starts to come up, all right, you may, it may be denser here and less dense there, and that is the case when you spin it on. Now, if I did it with a drill, I would be, I would have this, I would have beautiful rows of beautiful, basically, in essence, a much more uniform stand than I would spinning it on all right so what's happening is that with mixture motion in the cylinder as i said that would be equivalent to turbulent or chaotic fill. the air and the fuel is getting into the cylinder but it's not getting into the cylinder in any particular format it's just kind of falling in there it's like spinning on my cover crop seed it's not it's not uniform i'm not going to see beautiful rows coming up but ultimately once my cover crop grows in and gets to be six or eight ten inches high you can't see that it looks beautiful right but you can't see all of the inefficiencies so or the or the not inefficiencies the ununiform spreading of the seed if you walked in the field and look down so go jesus not there's nothing here but it looks like there is from a distance around an angle so that is turbulent that's turbulent or what i call chaotic film and years ago what would happen with engines for instance the old old gasoline and diesel engines is that they were not concerned with this chaotic fill this turbulent fill they just figured that the charge and the air will get in there some way shape or form if it doesn't go in with any any actual pattern then so be it who cares that it's going to ignite and the engine is going to run and then what was discovered is that If we could use a drill, right, to plant the cover crop instead of spinning it on, we could get a lot better stand, we could get a lot more uniform cylinder fill, and we could get a quicker burn rate. So what happened is that there's two types of mixture motion that now this is is akin to the grain drill. This is two types of mixture motion, and one is swirl and one is called tumble. So now what swirl is, is just like it says, it's like water going down a sink. Is that the the air will come into this, come in through the intake port of the solvent head It'll start to enter the bore, and it will follow the perimeter of the bore and swirl around like a like a tornado, and then and then the arc of rotation will get tighter and tighter and tighter. So it's akin to water going down a sink when the when you drain, pull the plunger out, and you drain water from a sink or a bathtub. So that is swirl. And then the other type of of defined, like then again, repeating it akin to a grain drill, defined mixture motion is called tumble. Now tumble will happen. What it'll do is the way the valve is positioned in the cylinder head, it will follow the cylinder wall. So the air will come in and the charge will come in and follow the cylinder wall. It'll now hit the crown of the piston, which is the top of the piston, and it will roll over roll over like making the letter six and the number six and it'll roll over and it'll flop that way and it'll come in so it's tumbling into the cylinder now what's going to happen is that the placement of the valves in the cylinder head in relation to the bore will determine whether it's going to tumble or not that and then the design of the port in the cylinder head is going to is going to define whether it has a high rate of tumble so if this if the valves are towards the perimeter of the bore of the cell the head right at the perimeter like a hemispherical it doesn't have to be a hemispherical but towards the perimeter and a a multi-valve engine a two four valve engine all right we'll have the valves placed like that because they can't place them in the center of the bore is that that has the potential to be what we call a tumble mixture formation if the valves are in line across across the board that would has the potential to be a swirl formation versus a tumble so in essence when the valves are at the perimeter of the bore it has the potential to tumble when the valves are more towards the center of the bore, not in the perimeter it has the potential to be swirl and i'm using the word potential very intentionally because just because the valve placement is there, if it's if the cylinder head is not designed correctly, you will have chaotic or just turbulent flow coming into the cylinder. So just because the valves are at the perimeter doesn't mean it's going to tumble, that the design of the port in the cylinder head and the valve angles, I don't mean the valve angle cut ground onto the valve, the valve angle with where, where the guide is in relation to the bore center all right is going to is going to be paramount in determining whether it's a has a high level of mixture motion so the placement of the valves to the bore will determine its potential but the design of the cylinder head so now if you go back years ago is that there was as i said there was very little very little engineering very little study of of trying to to create some sort of some sort of defined and controlled motion of the air coming into the cylinder it would just like i said it's my me spinning on my cover crop hey it's gonna get there it's gonna grow and it's gonna do what it's supposed to do right it's gonna build up my soil health and over here if there's a little bit less so be it it's all gonna it's all gonna balance out well that's how it was with the turbulent with the turbulent flow the chaotic flow so but what has happened is that as emission control standards got tighter which is this is actually a plus of that and fuel economy standards got tighter, is that the industry, the engineering industry, came to recognize that we could get much more out of the fuel that is being consumed. We can make more power, we could use less fuel, and we could burn cleaner if we could have a high efficiency combustion event. And you do that on a farm, right? So in other words, what, you know, if you if could, if you could get your yield up per acre, then the fact of the matter is is that you're bringing efficiencies to your farm. So, and even with me as a sweet corn guy, my goal is to not only get my yield, my potential yield up, but to get, as I said before in the show, my marketable yield. And that's why I brought up about the trees, and because the trees are killing my marketable yield. They're not killing my plant stand, all right, but they're killing my marketable yield. So they're reducing my marketable yield dramatically. And the same thing is happening inside an engine is that if you do, if you just have this chaotic, random cylinder filling event, like me going on with a spinner, all right, and have more seed and less seed, well, I'm not going to get the most yield from the money that I'm investing in the seed. And on an engine, you're not going to get the most yield, which is power fuel economy and a reduction in emissions. So now the cylinder, so over the past 25 or 30 years, probably closer to 35 years now maybe, is that there's been a great emphasis in engineering to be able to identify and control to have a very ordered, O-R-D-E-R-E-D, ordered very stable and very ordered cylinder fill event, be it swirl or tumble. And be with the ordered cylinder fill event. Not only will you get a higher level of efficiency in the engine and reduced emissions and fuel, better fuel economy, but you will add octane tolerance. And I spoke on a gasoline engine. So I spoke about octane tolerance before on this show many, many times. All right, and octane tolerance is the ability to run a higher compression ratio and not to need a higher octane fuel to support it because remember octane is the fuel's ability to resist combustion through pressure and or heat and weight for the arcing of the spark plug so if we could have a controlled event like a grain drill if we could have a control controlled event then we could have the most efficiency for the fuel consumed we could have the, the, the highest yield. We could have, we, there's nothing wrong with it, right? So the grain drill for me is then if you, and look going back to my cover crops, even if you look in the cover crop catalog, they say, well, if you're drilling it on, use 50 pounds per acre. And if you're not drilling it on, if you're spending it on, use 100 pounds per acre or 75 pounds per acre. So I'm buying more seed than my acreage needs because of the inefficiencies of me having a chaotic, planting rate a chaotic seeding right it's not laying on top of the ground so that is equivalent to an old style cylinder head that has a very chaotic fill coming into the cylinder and you have to realize is that when it's chaotic like this just like my seed will not have a uniform stand if you're not filling the cylinder with some some order to it you're going to have an ununiform combustible mix you can have more fuel over here more oxygen over here maybe some more over here or maybe just it's homogenized and not have and then just have more of it over here less of it over here so it's 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 akin to spinning i'm beating it to death spinning on a crop now the thing is that in the engineering community there are tools test tools called meters right all right so there's a swirl meter and a tumble meter and each one is different and what you do is that you could measure and quantify the amount of swirl and the amount of tumble on a flow bench going into potentially going into that cylinder so you could say i want a high swirl head or a high tumble head but now what happens carrying that one step further is that there is something called external and internal charge motion so, if the charge is being manipulated to, let's say, swirl with like water going down the sink, and that is that is going to be done as part, as I said, part of the cylinder head design. So that is called external charge motion. Why is it external? It's not external outside the engine. It's external of the cylinder bar. So any type of manipulation of this charge motion is going to is going to um, that happens in a zone that is called external charge motion now if something happens in the cylinder head i mean so, excuse me in the cylinder bore, for instance like the shape of the piston crown then that is what's called internal charge motion so, if the piston crown is designed for it, this mixture to swirl and hit it, and then have another kick in it, like you'd put a little, a you know, little, you know, little bit of a of a kick on something, that's a, if you're a baseball player, right, put a little bit of a curveball on it, and the piston is designed to help kick that and keep that mixture motion moving as that cylinder is filling, then that is called internal charge motion. So, to predominantly the charge motion for a swirl high swirl or high tumble head is going to be is going to be found in the cylinder head design and then the placement of the valves and the port design and then anything that's going to happen in internal charge motion is going to be defined by the by the design of the piston and that is why the, the current engine technology is to have a flat top piston with a with a a what we would call a reverse dome, so it's recessed that mimics the combustion chamber on the cylinder head. So if it mimics the combustion chamber on the cylinder head, then what's going to do is this motion using swirl and/or tumble. We'll use swirl all right and it's going to come in there and it's going to hit this top of this piston and and the piston crown is mimicking the shape of the combustion chamber it's going to give it a good another twist all right it's going to give it a, a, a i'll say a boost uh and and have it continue this this mixture motion now so that's internal and external charge motion now something happens also as now the cylinder is filled and this is gasoline or diesel makes a difference if it's 1960 or 2021 all right now that the cylinder is filled as the piston starts to go up sweep up towards top dead center so we have it filled the valve is now closed so this motion this this there's energy that is being used to spin this motion, swirling it around. So, the swirling around is going to give it a nice homogenized mixture and it's going to increase the flame speed. It's going to burn quicker. And if it burns quicker, we're going to build cylinder pressure quicker. And also, we're going to add octane tolerance as a review. So, we could run this engine 11 to 1, 12 to 1 compression on 87 octane. But now, as the piston starts to move towards top dead center, there is a phenomena called internal charge acceleration so as we start the so as we start the piston starts to move up it's now going to squish and move this charge around so now we want to try to keep the design the top of the piston all right to have it not revert not Take this charge and go from a, a ordered fashion to a true to a chaotic fashion, but try to a certain extent to have the same level of order, or swirl, or tumble that's in that cylinder to keep it mixed up very, excuse me, very well, and to have it when it's being when it's being directed to be directed towards the spark plug. So keep in mind that the spark plug location all right the spark plug location on a gasoline engine and the injector location on a diesel engine specifically a direct injection doesn't have a pre-chamber a more modern diesel is going to be paramount to that ignition event and ignition being either arcing of the spark plug or the fuel being ignited in the diesel engine all Right from the te- from the high temperature of the air So that so now the thing is that you want to try to design this so that the that the air accelerates on the spark ignition engine towards the spark plug because that's the ignition point and the flame could propagate propagate from there and on a diesel engine so it accelerates and is directed towards where the pintle of the injector is slash the nozzle and the fuel is being sprayed even though the bore is small you don't want the fuel being sprayed far away from where you have the highest level of motion because the highest level of motion is going to give you the best results just like the most agitation in your sprayer tank is going to give you the most uniform product a combination of the products that are going out to spray a tip either onto the soil or fulvia or on the plant or what have you so this is like constant agitation so that is called internal charge acceleration So to recap quickly before we move on there's, there's three types of ways that the that the air and fuel could enter the cylinder. It could be tur- just turbulent, which is chaotic, going all over the place. There's rich areas, lean areas. There's areas with a lot of motion, areas with very minimal motion. There could be the orderly or defined rate could be swirl, all right? And that's going to be like water going down a sink, all right, it's going to go. It's going to go in a in a rotation, in a rotation down the thing, like a, a, a in a, in a circular rotation, and then you could have tumble, which means that the that the charge is going to follow the cylinder wall, hit the piston, and roll up, and then collapse, like 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 making the number six. All right, so it's going to follow that, and so those are the different types, and those are predominantly controlled by the design of the cylinder head. Now. Then and then so if it's design if it's in the design of the zone that it's called external if it's the piston is helping it then that is called internal and then once the piston starts to sweep towards top that center your whole, the whole idea is to keep that to try to design to keep that mixture motion flowing in the same path and to use that to keep it to mix it up very well for a faster burn rate and, that's, and to also push it and steer it into on a gasoline engine near the, to the spark plug and on a diesel engine to the injector <clears throat> slash nozzle assembly so that is what is what is happening so now coming to mind is that for the hot rod farmers and units is very big I mean, it was big. I mean, it's always been big, but it's, you know, with the, with the pickup truck, the light duty diesel pickup truck is a hot market. And a lot of guys modify trucks, and then they, they do a lot of bolt ons, they do a tuner, they do this exhaust system, air intake system, bigger turbo. And then once they run the gamut on that, they usually go inside the motor go inside the engine and they start to have someone port the cylinder head well on any high efficiency so you take one of these newer diesel engines and i'm not saying that you can't port the cylinder head no 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 no. all right because you're porting the cylinder head to get more airflow but the fact of the matter is is most people are porting the cylinder heads on these high performance hot rodded light duty diesel pickup trucks without understanding mixture motion now if you were to a flow bench measures flow through the cylinder head and I had a flow bench a Superflow sf 600 I think there's a 1050 now I like my 600 but anyway they had that one I had mine also but I chose to get the 600 it was the industry standard but anyway the thing is that now a flow bench a flow bench is a wonderful tool but it doesn't tell you everything so, to do to what so if you just want to go and you want to statically test the cylinder head and look for the most airflow. What you could do is you could go in there and grind in this port of this Doramax or this Cummins or this uh, Power Stroke, right? That has a high swirl or a high tumble cylinder head. And we'll just say mixture motion So and then Most of them are probably tumble heads because they're four valves. And you go in there and you say, look at this, look how good I am, right? I went in there, I picked up 20 CFM, 30 CFM. I ground over here, ground over there. There's a very good chance that you destroyed the mixture motion. So the flow bench showed that you had more airflow. That would be like saying, well, okay, fine. I have I increased my, my population of my crop in my field, my seed count, my population, my stand, but because of the less efficiency, because of my shaded areas, I have less crop to sell, but I have more seed. So what they're doing is that they're going in there and they're starting to screw around with these cylinder heads. They looks great on a flow bench because the flow bench is just looking for looking for airflow and lots of the things that have done in the port of the cylinder that if you grind them out that they're they're removing the mixture motion or decreasing the mixture motion and then you put the cylinder head on the engine and now all of a sudden it's not well i'm not going to say it's not more powerful but it doesn't run as cleanly it's hard to calibrate it's hazing it's smoking it's what have you all right because you destroyed that mixture motion you need to change the injection pump timing because the burn rate is slower so the thing is that if you are a hot rod farmer and you are c- contemplating having the cylinder heads modified on your diesel pickup truck or diesel farm tractor whatever what you need to do is go to a shop that has it depending upon like i said whether it's swirl or tumble that has some that has the proper meter that attaches to the flow bench and that they could they could measure the mixture motion because without measuring the mixture motion there's a very good possibility that what they're doing is you're paying money to go in there and grind in a cylinder head looks great on the flow bench but it does not produce power that it should based upon the airflow improvement and or runs dirty or has the combustion sound change and a lot of different things go on so so just keep keep that in mind is that it's very easy to kill the airflow if you're going to pour the cylinder head now if you're just doing a valve job what have you it's not a problem but now keep in mind also and i've said this to add nauseum, and it gets back to keeping intake valves clean all right with with some sort of chemical cleaner be it in gasoline and or diesel but specifically in gasoline because they build more deposits than they do in diesels right because of the wet flow versus dry flow wet flow meaning that the fuel and air is coursing past the valve whereas a dry flow means it's just air coursing past it when you start to get carbon deposits on the intake valve you're screwing up this this mixture motion so if you have a high tumble cylinder this designed as high tumble or a high swirl cylinder with this high level of mixture motion and now you put carbon allow carbon deposits to build on the valve all right you are not only decreasing the airflow but you are skewing this mixture motion because because this carbon is steering and bumping the air into all different regions that it's not supposed to be in and then the engine will respond accordingly and not run as well because you have this lower this this decreased mixture motion so as i get ready to to close and go move on to the toolbox test and finish off today's show is that what does this mean to you it means to you number one then again you know whether you have a high mixture motion head or you have an old engine with a chaotic cylinder head is that the chaotic cylinder head, there's nothing you could do about it, but you could keep the valves clean, all right? But the chaotic cylinder that is is like me spinning on my cover crop. I'm going to use more seed and spend more money to get the same results. With a chaotic cylinder head, you're never going to get the fuel efficiency or the power from all of the fuel Right, simply because your combustion event is not going to be as well defined or controlled. There's nothing you could do about it. I'm not saying go get rid of your old truck. I'm not saying get rid of your old tractor or combine. Oh my God, you know, a hot rod farm got a chaotic cylinder head. But keep in mind that those engines will either be more cetane or octane sensitive than a newer design with a high level of mixture motion all right so that's the first thing you need to come come, come into play the other thing is i started to say and i'm repeating it again that on a newer engine with a high level of mixture motion that the cleanliness of the valve is going to be paramount to the way the engine runs because it is either going to allow that motion to be generated or it's going or it's going to skew that motion if you are going in if you're a hot rotter and you're having the cylinder head modified then you have to talk to the guy and he's gonna say oh come to me come to my shop because i get 30 more cfm out of these power stroke heads i get 50 cfm out of this then that's fantastic i'm sure he does but you need to ask him whether it's whether it's whether he's measuring mixture motion whatsoever and I'm not talking about ex, about port velocity with a with a manometer in the intake port I'm talking about either a swirl or a tumble meter depending depending upon the design but also when you look at today's modern engines, whether it be gasoline or diesel probably the biggest advancements everybody play everybody gives credit to fuel injection gasoline or they give credit to direct injection and diesels or gasoline i mean, the gasoline uh uh, common rail and diesels that comes into play but the biggest criteria today or the biggest uh, i should say the biggest yield bump okay the biggest yield bump uh in the the crop being the, the the power the engine produces the fuel economy uses is in the cylinder head design as far as the mixture motion is concerned and i think you're going to start to see this even more is it because if you look at some diesel engines all right they claim to to be able to be diesel particulate filter
1: <clears throat>
0: they, they only use for instance like case ih in new holland i i believe that they claim that they only use scr supplemental catalytic reduction they don't use a dpf and a catalyst all right but what is happening is that as the emission standards get tighter what you will find on diesel engines and as we move forward because the diesel engine is in such a it's such a spotlight for its high oxides of nitrogen production and also for its Particulate production is that the particulates on a diesel engine and the oxides of nitrogen production will be diminished it's going it's kind to of application specific case but if you could have a high level of charge motion coming into that cylinder and have and have a a relatively controlled internal charge acceleration so that is going to be the next frontier in these diesel engines and that frontier is already here and if you look at the modern diesel engine we have a lower compression ratio we have high thermal efficiencies and we're getting more i'll say bang for the buck more chemical to mechanical energy release than everybody saying oh it's the electronics the technology technology well it's a little bit part of it but the biggest thing is we are now going in there with a drill with a grain drill and we're planting our crop with a grain drill we're not planting a crop with a spinner and a broadcast a broadcast spreader so we're putting the crop exactly where we want and if you look at even like a planter technology using it as an example the right you may say crazy example is hot rod farmer but look at like the precision planting and other types of high efficiency seed meters we're going to have uniform spacing of the seed we're going to have a Keton seed firm or some other seed firm we're going to have good seed to soil contact well that's all happening in the cylinder head that's all and that's how these efficiencies and these reductions in emissions are coming coming out and still making the power and what have you you know and there's two schools of thought a lot of people just curse all this emission stuff and what have you but the flip side of it is that this is a driving force to bring us better engines are they going to be more complicated yes I'm not going to deny that. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at it realistically, when I get ready to close this segment, is that the design of the port in the cylinder has no moving parts, requires no maintenance for you to do, requires nothing or nothing more than it did before. But having the idea of a orderly fill in the cylinder, either swirl and or tumble, all right, versus, versus the, the chaotic fill, of just turbulence is bringing a lot of efficiencies to your farm what you need to do and you can say oh here he comes back again before he closes about the injectors being clean on gasoline or diesel or the valves the intake valves staying clean you need to keep those components clean so that you could take full advantage of the design benefit of that cylinder that intake port and that's all that cylinder. And if you don't do that, if you don't constantly keep that clean, just like the high yield farmer gets more yield out of that same seed, he gets more potential out of that seed than the low yield farmer who's planting the same seed. So by you doing that, you're getting the high yield and you're taking advantage of of that mixture motion that is designed into that cylinder head, that intake port of the cylinder head, that you that requires no maintenance other than keeping the valve clean and the injectors clean. So hopefully you like it's, it's not going to make you any money. It's not going to help you fix anything, but it's going to explain a lot to you why the why the engines are the way they are today why they're sensitive to that when you had chaotic fill all right it was it was spinning it on and whatever happened happened as long as the thing ran it was fine all right so the thing is that but this is not chaotic fill anymore this is the grain drill this is precision planting using a brand name high efficiency meters this is great seed the soil contact and that's what's happening in in the intake port of the soil that So if you have any questions, concerns, confusions, please feel free to reach out to me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. So here comes Tex Rubinowitz from Rips or Records. all righty He got that guitar got a lot of mixture motion there all right put your thinking caps on here's our test and then we're going to get to uh to eric henshell's question okay you are frustrated it looks like rain and the driver's side power window went down fine but will not go back up could let me turn the page could the motor have died so quickly you put the truck in the shed and we'll deal with it later that evening you are talking to your buddy and he said that he has he has a used power window motor if you need it not convinced it is the motor you ask for some feedback farmer a says that a winding in the armature probably went bad farmer b tells you to wrap hard on the door panel the motor may be stuck farmer d Thinks that it may have a bad ground, and Farmer D believes that the most probable cause is the switch. So this power window went down and it doesn't want to come back up. So we have to see what the sto- what what the story what the story is here. Alrighty? So now we're gonna get to I'm gonna fumble my papers around here and we're going to get to uh our special delivery letter. Okay. So this is from uh Mr. Eric Henschel and uh <clears throat> And he writes, I have, a, I have a 50s model model Ford 600 tractor that was my grandfather's. That's nice. That still stayed in the family. He probably bought it new. I'm just adding that. It has a tendency to get gasoline into the oil, and I am changing the oil much more often than necessary. I have discarded the shutoff valve at the tank and installed a ball valve, and inline fuel filter, thinking that it was leaking, pa- leaking past while it was not being used i have also rebuilt the carb several times and replaced the float i normally run 10w30 motor oil instead of just 30 weight would running straight 30 or heavier oil make a difference most of the usage is in short trips scraping the driveway and moving in and out of the shop with some pasture clipping occasionally it does have a fan and radiator off of an 801 model if that makes any difference the hour meter shows just over four thousand hours if you could help in any way it would greatly i would greatly be appreciated all right, I messed up reading his letter right <clears throat> i don't have my glasses on but uh okay so first of all like i said kudos that you have your grandfather's track that's wonderful and you know this equipment staying in a family i just think is a is a is more than a legacy it honors the past and i think that's what life is all about all right so now when i read your letter eric i had a number of things come into mind well, first of all, I'm 99% sure, but I may not, I may not, it may not be correct that that is an updraft carburetor and not a downdraft carburetor. If it's an updraft carburetor, then the idea of the needle and seed leaking and everything or or the fuel coming, it's not going to be able to go up the pressure differential as we discussed in the, in the episode today is what pulls the mixture so an updraft carburetor doesn't know it's up but when the engine is shut off there's no pressure differential and so the fuel would not leak in if it is an updraft carburetor a downdraft carburetor that would be a potential but it would start very dirtily dirtily if that's a word because you'd have all this wet fuel in there and you make no mentions of it starting now the thing basically is that what i would say to you is you're fighting a couple of different things here number one is the short trip cycles and the cold starts are what are, are part of the problem and the other problem that i would say to you is that you have the mixture set to rich and i don't know if that's a marvel shrive shrive shrivel carburetor or what brand carburetor is but most tractor farm tractor carburetors had most if not all had a mixture screw adjustment they all had that and they had some sort of what i'm going to call power enrichment adjustment and then i would say to you with the combination of the short trip cycles which is going to have the choke on and then not be able to atomize the fuel properly but more likely that's going to be a component of it is that you have the mixture set to rich and the mixture may not be the idle mixture it may be the the power enrichment circuit is set to rich most of them have a have either a T handle screw or a screw or something that you could adjust the power enrichment now it's what's, po- what's probably happening even though you're not seeing any visuals visible black smoke is that on a gasoline engine you probably won't see visible black smoke till you're down in the nine to one air fuel ratio range but keep in mind that engine wants to run about 14 14 0, 14 well 14 7 close to that 13 9 14 0, that you're probably running it in a 10 to one range And when you're running it in a 10 to 1 range, you're putting a lot of fuel into that combustion chamber and into that cylinder and what's called the carbon monoxide, which is partially burned fuel. You're putting more fuel into that combustion chamber than the engine could use, and that's washing past the rings and over time getting in the oil and ruining the lubricity of the oil. I'm not worried about it having 1030 oil. I'm not worried about it having the um, having the radiator and fan from an 801 model so i would say to you is that the first order of business is to change that oil as you didn't get the gasoline out of there and you're going to need to lean out and adjust that mixture i don't know where the exhaust comes out in my mind on a on a ford 600 uh 600 tractor whether it's through the top through the or it's down in the bottom like a nine, but regardless what i would say to you depends how enthusiastic you want to do if you really want to do this high tech right then i would invest there's a company called innovate technologies and then there's other ones also but i'm familiar with the innovate brand for about 284 dollars you could do a you could buy an innovate air fuel meter and what you what you could do is you could take an exhaust buy a piece of exhaust pipe or you could weld it gives you a bung and you could weld into the exhaust someplace you want it hopefully before the muffler all right but if it's not before the muffler it's not the end of the world as long as you don't have an air leak is that and you're going to put this air fuel meter in it and you could and you're going to weld the bung in you could do it, temporarily, but it piece of extension of pipe what have you keep in there all the time and it gives you a plug for the bung so you don't need to have the oxygen sensor in there all the time and you're going to hook up this meter with the oxygen sensor it's going to go to battery voltage it works off of six or 12 volts it works better off of 12 so even if you had to take a 12 volt battery and put it on the side all right and put it on the side and um and uh, have the meter hooked up to it it'll be fine all right temporarily and you're going to adjust the mixture I would say to you, you probably have, a, you don't mention how it runs, I would say probably the power enrichment circuit is too rich, and then, and probably it could be the idle circuit also, but probably the power enrichment circuit is too rich, and the thing is that for you to to use this air fuel meter as a tool, and you could keep, and you could go, your dad could go be mowing hay with this thing and watch the air fuel ratio. you could really tweak it. It's like under $300, I think, the $284 you could you could use it you could use it as a tool or you could const, keep it constantly mounted on a track or whatever you want but i would say it's a combination of you having the carburetor set too rich possibly the float level is too high but carburetors by just the adjustments are too rich and the short trip cycles if you take the, you get the carburetor leaned out then it's not going to be as sensitive to the short trip cycles, but over time it will definitely start to wash the rings out. And an engine like that has very, very chaotic cylinder fill. So any type of fuel overfueling that you have that comes into that bore is going to drop right off. And it's going to drop right off and it's going to uh and it's going to go right past the rings into the oil. So if you have any questions on that, but look it up. It's Innovate Brand. There's other brands. I'm familiar with the Innovate. The meter's probably about the size of itself. a cell, a smartphone, maybe a little bit bigger. All right, comes, it's it's relatively inexpensive and it's a tool. It's a tool, but that that meter is only going to be used for gasoline. They have a separate one for diesel because it's got a different calibration and a different oxygen sensor. But that's what I would do. You'd have that thing pouring like you would not believe. All right, so uh, just uh, it would be like using an air fuel meter is like getting a soil test and and soil test and putting the nutrients on the ground on your soil that the crop needs all right doing it by ear or just turning knobs is like saying let's throw some man out there let's have some p out there let's throw some k out there we don't know what it needs so that is what the story is all right back to our toolbox test as i go to close today and farmer d has the most has likely reason for the failure this is with the power window given the lack of issues before the event most power window motors are not grounded to the door and and not ground and through a y and though a winding had come apart since it went down fine it is probably the switch a power window has the switch reverse the polarity to run the window in each direction the farmer needs to pull out the switch and confirm power with a test light in both positions so those type of motors the When you press the button up, the polarity is going one way. When you press the button down, the polarity reverses the polarity. And on the DC motor, it's going to run backwards. And that's how it works. So given that scenario that's not impossible but most likely the contacts fell apart in the switch and that's why it went down fine and is completely dead doing nothing going up because if the switch fell apart inside it can cannot reverse the polarity so the motor doesn't know you're pressing the switch then the switch needs to be checked so if you have something to reverse polarity motor that's moving something in and out does not to be a window always make sure that you have power both ways because power only one way is not going to tell you the story so listen i want to thank you so much for tuning in today and know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day and enjoy those farm shows while i'm picking corn think of me when you're out there bye bye